Thank you, Mark. Um, I don't know if you'll call this a sermon or a lecture. I think it's more like a lecture. I have never heard a sermon on daily devotions, and I have never preached one. And uh, I am... I am, I ask, uh, someone to help us, uh, to put it in a booklet form that will be available next week, or you could download it from our web, website. Um, so, uh, uh, we leave on Saturday and we appreciate your prayer, especially for the hot chilies. <laughs> Boy, they create problems. Mm-mm. And uh, uh, if you need prayer, we would love to pray with you at the end of the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We pray for our pastor and his family this morning that they can go and relax. You have taught us by example. It's time. There's a time for everything. And bless him, Lord, as... Uh, and Gloria and the children, and give them a good time together. And uh, we thank you for the leadership here. Bless our time as we worship and we look into the subject, that it will be instructional and inspirational to all of us. For Jesus' sake, amen. I am supposed to speak to you about daily devotions. Um I, I I believe in family devotions, and since I have not been pastoring, and Rubina has re- retired from her active, full uh, from her job, uh, we are spending more and more time together every morning in family devotions. Um, <clears throat> in fact, it is one of the better times in our lives, um, and. Um, I don't know about you, um, if you're not enjoying a vibrant Christian life, it could be because you do not have your devotional life intact. Devotional time is basically spending some time in prayer, uh, meditation, and reflecting on God's Word. Uh, so I want to explore with you this morning um, why you should have your devotions and give you some suggestions. <clears throat> Christians who do not have their devotions are missing out. They're missing out on infusion of the power of God in their lives every day. Um, isn't it wonderful? that those of us that have found the secret, that we could go in the presence of God and be infused with the presence of God. It's such a negative world. You look at the news, you look at uh, the newspaper, uh, you speak to people, you go to work. Uh, It's negative. The only place you could come is before the throne of grace and receive help. And I like that. A place that you could take your problems to. Uh, I, I like everybody. I have my problems. And I have no place to take them to. Um, 
You know, I, I call up one of my pastor friends and I tell him, well, such and such, he start telling me my, his problems. And I don't know uh, whose problems are bigger, you know. <laughs> and so uh, for devotional time is a wonderful time to come before the Lord and say, um, here, Lord. And you are also, if you're not having devotional time, you're missing the opportunity to spiritually grow. Now, the Christian life is not only a crisis experience of being born again, but it is a continual experience that is both intellectual and uh, emotional. And um, uh, I get really uh, disturbed of some Christians that are mixing their Christianity with Eastern religions, I believe uh, this Bible is also an Eastern book, and we can find those dynamics that Eastern uh, uh, mysticism and Eastern religion is involved in. And you, you, you get daily devotion, give you a time uh, to become Bible literate and build a closer relationship with God, day by day. Day by day, day by day, day by day. Good to see all the young people back uh, this morning. And um, uh, I became a Christian when I was about 14, 15. And uh, before I started Bible school, I had read through the Bible, um, the Bible two times, the New Testament five times. And uh, I, 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 I believe in the Word of God. I believe in the importance of the Word of God. And uh, you and I are very privileged to have the Bible uh, today. Uh, we were in Edmonton two weeks ago, or a week ago, and we met with several pastors. One pastor, uh, 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 this church is involved in reaching the 13 million Muslims in, uh, in China that have created havoc, and they have translated the Bible and are going to be making it available uh, to them. And so there are people in the world that do not have the Bible. Um, you know, uh, we talk about Bible times, uh, but the truth is, and I mentioned it to one of my friends who is both the Old Testament and a Roman Greco scholar, and I said, uh, tell me something. How many people were literate in the Old Testament? He says probably five, ten percent. So they did not. They were not literate people, except a few people. And that, you know, even today the Jews will have little pieces of scripture embedded or in little things. It comes probably from that tradition. By New Testament times, they probably had about five years of education, mainly learning to read and write from the uh, the Old Testament. By then, they would have the Old Testament. After that period of time, in about 300 to 1200, it is called the monastic period. And this is the period when the church, to be spiritual, went into convents and went into uh, buildings or they will go up in a pole 25 feet one guy went up naked and stayed there all his life 
did his droppings and food was sent up to him and he was deemed spiritual. Now, looking back at that period of time in the church, it led to mysticism. And we do not want to encourage mysticism. <clears throat> what we see, in fact, I, uh, I, um, when I became a Christian, I was so badly bruised and damaged. I, uh, I needed the word of God to wash me and cleanse me and fill me with the spirit. And uh, I remember before I was 16, on my 16th birthday, I was fasting for the power of God to come down upon my life. And otherwise, I was going to remain there and die. And uh, and uh, I got so hungry after the third day, I left my friend and came back. <laughs> what we see in the life of Jesus is that Jesus came eating, drinking, going to weddings, and uh, having a balanced life. We do not see him going to India as a yoga, although the Hindus there would t tell us Jesus uh, was in India. Um, no, we don't see that. We see a balance. Um, I live in the world, you live in the world, and we need balance. And that is probably much easier said than done. It was only until 1611 that, the, that Christians had a Bible in English that is available to anybody that could read. In Joshua 1.8, Moses said to Joshua, Meditate on this book day and night so that you might have success. The book was only the first five books of the Bible, not the whole Bible. Now, this can be applied to us in Second Timothy uh, 2.15. Uh, Paul tells Timothy, who was a preacher, study to show thyself approve unto God. And this he's writing to a preacher because most of the people are illiterate or could not afford the scripture. The Old Testament and Timothy's grandmother uh, was a wealthy person. So she had a copy of the Old Testament. And the New Testament scriptures are now being developed or letters that would have been written. And so there was not a, um, a whole Bible as we know it until 1611. <clears throat> but this scripture also can be applied to us that we need to study to show ourselves approved unto God. Now, the purpose for uh, daily devotion is that you can grow spiritually, as I was saying in the first service. If you come to church every Sunday, the word is preached here faithfully from Sunday to Sunday, uh, for 30 more years, you can still become very illiterate in the Bible. What you need is a daily infusion of the Word of God into your life. Every day. A little bit. A little bit. Every day. And then you would grow more. You'll grow more. Now, <clears throat> now one of the things that is confusing to some Christians is intellectual um, literacy 
of the Bible. And that, this is where we have some confusion between the Eastern Church and the Western Church. The Western Church is more interested in uh, determining facts and figures, when is the rapture, and on, on and on you go. Nothing is wrong in that. But a preoccupation on intellectual Christianity would not satisfy you, nor would it help you to grow spiritually. I do, um, I do, um, book reviews for a journal on preaching from time to time. And in the last year, I did two, uh, book reviews, uh, uh, about preaching and the state of preaching. And these two men who belong to the evangelical tradition said, uh, in essence, that intellectual evangelical Christianity is not cutting it. It is not meeting the needs of the people and it is not working. The difference between the Eastern Church and the Western Church is the Western Church might be intellectually uh, illiterate. They might know the Greek, Hebrew, they might know all their syntax. They might know uh, uh, the Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic and Latin. But they are very, very poor on obedience. Uh, and um, the whole purpose of daily devotion is to become obedient to the teachings of Scripture. So if someone preaches about the world that is lost, it is nothing for young people and older people with careers to leave their position and go to the loss at great cost and great sacrifice. Here, if you are interested in evangelism or you want to win souls, the the common idea is go and take a course on evangelism, not obedience. <laughs> I have nothing against courses in, ev- in personal evangelism. But I, I, I want, most of all, to grow in obedience and where Jesus become the Lord of my life in every, every area of my life, right? The purpose is that we can go to the Word of God and through the illumination of the Word of God guided by the Holy Spirit, the Word becomes real to us. And He can direct us very specifically on what we should do. For example, say you have X amount of money and the Lord is dealing with you to do something. How do you know the will of God? It's not written anywhere. But through the Word of God, an exchange with the Holy Spirit, an impression will come upon you 
guided by two or three witnesses, you would know the will of God. It's also a time to search the scripture for false doctrine. This, the, the, the Western interpretation of Christianity as a so-called lecture method where you give a homily is only Western and it has robbed of its earlier dynamic where the church was that met in homes and still do the majority of the church around the world still meet in homes as in China, India and other places of the world. Paul went to one group in Berea and he reasoned with them and these were Jewish people and what they did is they searched the scripture. Now what would happen if after this service everybody call uh, you know uh, another friend either from the church or out of the church and says hmm. he said a lot of Strange things I never heard before. Let's see. Do you have any scripture? Nothing is wrong in that. It should be that way. And it is not a criticism of the pastor's ability or inability. It is a, a secret, it is a searching to know the word of God. <clears throat> it also bear fruit. Jesus said, uh, if you, I am the vine and you are the branches, if any man abide in me, he will bear much fruit. As you abide in Jesus, and I can't think of no other way, uh, I'm sure there are many other ways, but I can't think of any other better way than getting into the word of God and spending time in meditation and prayer and being in a Christian at, uh, uh, attitude. We bear fruit. And it helps to keep the family together. The family, as we know it, is falling apart both in the church and outside the church. Oh, yes. We're busy. The wife is working one shift. The husband is working with another shift. The kids are on their own shift. And we don't know what to do. I am a grandfather now, and a proud grandfather. And um, it's a wonderful thing to see my daughter teaching her children how to pray. And to read a Bible story before they go to bed tonight, uh, at night. It's a wonderful thing to see that happen. And it, it, it just keeps the family together. And, um, uh, you know, when we have problems, I have said more than once, they're playing with the wrong family. <laughs> they're playing with the wrong family because we know how to pray. And the children learn that. So when a problem arises, we all get together and we specifically mention the problem before God so that he could deal with it. And we give him permission. And we, 
we become more intimate in prayer and family devotion because we are moving to a level that is beyond the intellectual and the emotional. It is a level of intimacy that takes place that just... Uh, you know it feels good and it's the right thing, but there are different there are words you can't really describe it. And it's a great opportunity to teach the Word of God in the home. Some people say, well, there is so much competition, you know, and on and on you go. The, the you know, um, what do you call it? TV, the school is teaching this thing and the next thing. Folks, we have been told by specialists that the home is still the greatest institution. The home is still the greatest institution. And what the children see mom does, or if dad steals in his stocks, they learn to steal. And we have more power in our hands than we would like to admit. It comes from God. And as we begin to get and realize that, that we have more power, we need to take back our power, right? Take it back from the wall and become and begin to instill in our children the values that we uh, hold on so dearly. There are three different types of devotion, personal, uh, where you read the Bible, think, meditate, reflect on it. There's couples when you get together. There's uh, family devotions. And let me say uh, this, uh, if you have small children at home, um, you could read them a Bible story. That's, that's devotion. That's not, and, uh, or if you, if they are older and somewhere between, you could bring them together once a week and read a portion of scripture and pray. But, uh, or occasions, don't be bound by certain, uh, notions. Some principles I want to give you. Uh, I would say aim for 15 minutes first. Younger people, young Christians. But aim for 30 minutes a day. Aim for 30 minutes to spend a day. We all of us have 24 hours a day. Some of us have more time. Some of us has le- have less time. Uh, but I'll tell you something. If you put God first where he belongs, you know, the rest will begin to fall in place. If, if you put God and you begin to talk about the problem, you wouldn't have to deal with the problem with the children at school or other things happening and wasting time because you have already spoken to God about the problem. So choose a time. Is it 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, uh, in the morning, in the evening? Spend the time in reflecting what I will do. Here's how my, my, my prayer goes in the morning. Lord, I thank you yesterday. Um, we went out for lunch and I enjoyed that lunch, Lord. Thank you. We had money for, to pay for it. And thank you for the beautiful day. It's not that bright, but it's beautiful. 
Simple. Very specific. And I am thanking the Lord. Lord, I thank you. And I lift up my needs to you. And I generalize needs. And so I'm talking to the Lord. And choose a place. Is it the kitchen? The bedroom? Uh, what place in the house you're going to have devotions? Uh, and choose a, a devotional guide. Now, if you, if you read three chapters a day, you would, um, you would finish the Bible in one year. Now, if you are not stimulated with the guides and things of that sort, you should get a dictionary, a Bible concordance and help. If you still are not stimulated, learn Greek or Hebrew, go to the university or take it on that so you could study, do your devotions on Hebrew or Greek. And I know people who have done that. Now, one of the things I do, and pastor does it too, is write down what you learned and interact with it because you're trying to grow. I know once I had uh, a passage I came across that he must be servants. I stuck on that passage for six weeks because I did not understand emotionally what that passage meant until the Lord revealed to me in my spirit what it meant to be a servant. <clears throat> and um, uh, one of the things you might want to consider is um, getting uh, reading the the hymns of the church, the great old hymns. Great is thy faithfulness, amazing grace. But also get the history of it on your on your your web, and, and or pray the prayers of the great saints of the church. It will give variety and things of that sort. Now, what are the results? You'd have a closer family. Families that pray together, have devotions together, they're closer. And um, you want intimacy? Start praying together. You'll be, your family will become more biblically illiterate. And... Um, and the possibility of growing up a righteous family is greater if you have family devotions. You know, our world and our, our society is devoid of morals. In fact, they said those are optionals. Uh, no, it's not optionals for us. But if we teach children, do not commit adultery. Sex before marriage is wrong. Don't steal. Those are very specific it will guide the children in a world where our emotions are pulling one side and another side. Devotion helps us. And then um, we become uh, obedient to the word of God. <clears throat> Last thing I want to say that you should commit yourself. And there are two things in committing. One is you need to change your attitude. If you have a bad attitude about devotions or a careless attitude, you, need, you have a problem. You have a serious problem. You have a spiritual problem. You are not as mature as you think you are. You need to change that and say, God, I have a bad attitude. And I need to change it. I, I need you to work in my life so I could have my devotions every day. And the next thing is <clears throat> you need to develop a habit. It's like a habit of having coffee for breakfast in the morning. Now, some people can't do without coffee. 
I don't know. Probably a drug addict anyhow. <laughs> Seven days Adventists tell us that we are drug addicts because it is a drug. Or, 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 or you know, um, uh, polishing your shoes or, or, or whatever. Some people don't tie their laces or whatever. But you have to develop a new habit. And in a habit is not something that you are bound to. By that I mean is, oh, well, I am going to commit to this and I'm going to do it right. Now you're going to fail. So if you are going on a trip and it's not working out uh, for you to have your devotion, don't worry about it. Your Your aim is to be obedient to Christ, to learn about Jesus, to follow Him, and to have Him as Lord of your life. And it's not... So black and white, we have no precedent in Scripture for black and white. We have freedom in Christ, and we have a choice. So this morning, I I, I want to encourage you that if you want to grow, grow in your personal relationship with God, that you need to feel, develop a time of prayer and a time to reflect on God's Word every day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and I pray that you help us as we seek to have devotions in our lives. Help those that are weak, those that are uh, um, are good examples, those that are struggling. We want to learn, Lord, and be like you, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Anybody need prayer or anything, please come forward, and we'll pray for you after we have closed the service.